I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures. And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. <laughs> but you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship. But now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacy and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects. We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey. Okay, welcome. Uh, I'm here today with Stacy Swider of Mass Ventures, and Stacy is a, an SBIR expert and here to talk to us today about some of the basics of SBIR, what the program is, general overview, uh, and who's eligible for the program. Welcome, Stacy. Thank you so much, Charlie. Um, I got my SBIR experience boots on the ground by having written and served as PI on a bunch of them. Um, so yeah, happy to talk about it. Well, good. I think the, the knowledge you have will be extremely valuable to anybody out there who's interested in SBIR grant funding. So let's just start off by what is the SBIR program? It's a federally funded program, but tell me about it. Yeah, it's actually managed by the Small Business Administration, and that's important to understand. It, that's the umbrella organization. The SBA does not issue awards but they manage the program. And it's good to know in case you have a problem with your funding, you can actually cry to them and, and get some help um, with some funding continuance. Um, it's a congressional program that dates back to 1982, back to Ronald Reagan. That's great. And I know there's a bunch of agencies under the SBA that participate. How, do, how does that work and which agencies are part of it? Right. Agencies that have an R&D budget are encouraged to participate, and they are then required to put forth 3.2% of their R&D, research and development budget toward SBIR. So agencies that are big, like the Department of Defense, have big R&D budget, have a pretty big SBIR budget. Um, Health and Human Services also is a big SBIR budget. Um, so yeah, there's 11 participating agencies. I have a... Yeah, please pull it up. Uh, graphic I can share about that so we can get the correct information and not rely on my memory. Um, so Department of Defense, National Institute of Health, uh, National Science Foundation, Department of Energy, Department of Transportation, NASA, Department of Ed, EPA, USDA, also NIST and NOAA. So there's a total of 11. I don't know if I have them all listed here. It's a very, very successful program. And the aim of the program is really to get in innovation out of labs and into small companies. And what they love to see are first time applicants and they are looking to serve as like pre-seed. So the goal in SBIR is to really, to just make a prototype, to a proof of concept. Like I had this idea, I need some research funding so I can prove that it works. Makes sense. So you know, who's eligible to apply and how do you know if you're eligible and, you know, and, and how does this all work? Yeah, that's a great question. Let's see if my page down works. Oh, I was going to say it's a very successful program. You can see some of the big companies that came out of um, oh, wow. the SAR program, including like probably the biggest one there was just Qualcomm. Um, 
And before I get into eligibility, just a little bit more about who the players are. This is all blue, so it's a little hard to see, but it gives you some idea of how health and human services is really big. DOD puts out $1.1 billion. Um, they're up to close to 3 billion in distributions. And here you see they list the sort of smaller agencies, but they're all good. NSF is one of my favorites. I think they do a great job. Um, they're all great. They're really great to work with all the agencies. So in terms of eligibility, they're really, this is a, it, this is a get to commercialization program, help you get off the ground so you can go to the commercial um, private investors, more like mass ventures and say, hey, I have something that works. So you have to be a for-profit company. It's pretty common for, for, for SAR companies to become a company once they get the award. So they incorporate and spend their 500 bucks and then they just sort of marinate for a while and wait for that 150K, 250K to come in for phase one. You have to be less than 500 people. You have to be like 50.1 majority owned and that includes your investors. So it gets really complicated. I was talking about companies that are barely incorporated. There are companies that are quite incorporated and they use it for creating another, um, another product within their portfolio. Um, health, health Sciences uses SBIR a lot for runway. Um, you could take a part of your product and say, we still have these unanswered questions. Um, you have to do the work in the US. So this is more about use of funds. Um, your team has to be lawfully working in the US, but you do not have to be citizens. That's a common misconception. If you are on visa, you have a green card, like if you're just lawfully working, great. And this is a little trickier though, is you have to put, you have to be really like an employee. You have to look like an employee. That means 51% of your time is spent at that company in their book. It's okay if you're W9, if you're not like an FTE, but you really have to truly have a real relationship with the company to PI it or to serve on it. Exactly. They don't like shadowy organizations. They don't like virtual companies. Like they get burned by that stuff. And then in terms of use of funds, not only does the funds have to be spent in the U.S., but you cannot do marketing or sales. This is really important. It's just R&D. Got it. Okay. So that's who's eligible. You know, if, I think one of the questions I get from a lot of people is how do I know who to apply to, right? Like there's, I mean, oh, Department of Defense is huge. I should probably apply there first. Or, you know, how do you, I mean, how do you, how does this all work once you, once you, you think about applying? Yeah, that's a great question. Once you think about applying, it's incumbent on you to do some research. In our next video, I'm going to talk about how to do those searches, those topic searches. Um, go to SBA and watch some videos, figure out all the agencies. You can make some good guesses about who would be interested in your technology, but be careful. Like for instance, Department of Energy um, does a lot of work on nuclear science. They're not all like environmental science and they just don't have enough ballast to do as much say battery research, battery sivers that they'd like to. You know who does a ton of, of sivers and solar and batteries? Department of Defense, because they're always working remotely. And if they don't have their phones working, their computers working, like they get like killed and stuff. So um, you have to think a little strategically about it. 
Uh, a little teaser for the next video too. Though. A little teaser for the next video. I, I <laughs> so how, um, how does this all work and how are proposals reviewed? How do you, you know, what are the nuts and bolts of the SBIR? Right. So the nuts and bolts are you find your agency and your topic. Some are open topic. The Air Force is, has a big open topic. National Science Foundation is more or less open topic within, within certain lanes for both. Um, you find a topic, you follow the directions very carefully, and you write a proposal, and proposals take a long time, and you submit your proposal in their portal, and you have to do some, we're going to talk about this in the next video, you have to do some registrations because you're officially becoming a vendor to the United States government. So you apply for a proposal. Most people who have been through grad school, particularly at the PhD level, have, have written or participated in written, writing these types of proposals and are pretty good at it already and pretty familiar. Um, the nice thing about CIBR is it's very boilerplate. Um, it is good to partner with people. It's great to do an STTR if that works for you. That means you're partnering with the university. And it's great to have other, like sometimes a subcontractor or another organization participating with you, have a consultant. It's just nice to, they, they enjoy seeing a lot of carefully thought out teams. But it's also okay if your company takes all the money themselves. Right. And then there's usually, there's a phase one. So what, what, the federal government does, the agencies do, is they just get a pretty much for them just baby money, like just like, here's 100K. We're not sure about you. Here's 150K. Here's 250K. Go work on it for six months or a year and write a nice report and tell us how it went. So it's a, what they call it to get the get to know you period. What's interesting is for some software firms, that's enough money to really just like, they're off and running. They're like, see you later, NSF, right? They're like, see you later, we're done. Um, certainly for my field, I was making these big technical crystals. Like I, I had four zippers, <laughs> you know, I, I had 4 million to, to get plus, almost, it was five to, to commercialize uh, and, and, and really get enough done to get it out the door. Um, so if you do a great phase one and you want to apply for phase two, you're invited to apply. And phase two is where the real money comes in. It's tip, it's a $1 million, except for National Institute of Health, which will give up to $3 million for phase two. There's just a lot more expenses. Um, and they're really, most of the time, these agencies, whether it's Department of Energy, National Institute of Health, the Navy, you know, Air Force, they're, they're really great partners that you can get a lot of good technical guidance from and they like working with you and getting to know you. So it's, it's a fun process when they embrace it on there and when you have a good program manager. I did a lot for Homeland Security. It was a lot of fun. And then who, how are the, in general, just how are the proposals reviewed by these agencies and what's the win percentage and uh, you know, I know we'll get into other keys for winning proposals in later videos, but, you know, how are these reviewed and what are, what are your chances? Yeah, so there's a, there's a, there's a sort of rubric called the Heilmeier Catechism, and it came out of DARPA in the 1970s that they were trying to do high risk investing, but, you know, how do you choose them? And, and the rubric goes something like this. Um, so what, who cares, why you? Yep. <laughs> and it really suits for a lot of proposals, whether you're pitching to mass ventures or, 
you know, so what, who cares and why you? So, so what is sort of what to do? What's so interesting about this? Why, mm, what's novel? And who cares, like, you know, what's the market and why you, what's the team? So it's, they're reviewed that way. The difference is um, uh, with Simber, it's really an act that you are now proposing to academic institutions or national labs. So your reviewers are generally scientists from national labs. They have been funded and they are funding cutting edge technology across the nation at all types of universities, institutions. They're doing bleeding edge stuff. They're just going to conferences. I always tell my teams, they, they, this is what they do all day, every day, going to conferences, reading about technology. So they know the state of the art better than you do. The moment you decide to start a company, you are behind in the technology because now you're focused on company right. things. Right. So, so have a lot of humility and a lot of respect. Read the references if they have references with the topic. Um, have some references of your own, like do a good job understanding the state of the art and your competition because they know your competition really well. They funded them already. <laughs> so this is a tough crowd. It is a tough, tough crowd, but a wonderful crowd. They're really smart. Their resumes are like a mile long. And a heck of a lot of money if you if you can get it, right? I mean, it's... You could oh, yeah. Like I said, I was able to commercialize from SBIR money millions of dollars. Yeah. I could not have gotten it from private equity because it just nobody wanted to invest in nuclear science. Like it's just, but the government has a need for nuclear science, right? And... Um, is non-dilutive, so they don't take any shares. Another important part about it is, it, is, how, is you keep your IP. Right. So the only thing they ask is they say, we, we're not gonna really pay to license from you. We're not gonna license from you, but they will buy it from you. The DOD will actually pay for the development and then buy it from you. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Most other agencies like Department of Energy doesn't have like a mechanism. They don't like buy batteries and give them to people, but um, they, you do keep all your IP on that. They're like, they have no mechanism to commercialize stuff. So they're like, please keep going. So you keep the IP for 20 years. I think um, that's a good place for us to stop this uh, video. I think we've teased a lot of what's to come and there's a lot of details about how to do a successful application, how to run a successful project. So uh, Stacy, we'll thank you very much for providing kind of the overview of the SBIR program and uh, everyone out there should tune into uh, future videos about all the details on how to be successful. Thanks, Stacy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass-ventures.com for more information on Mass Ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like this.